Hey everybody, I'm Sion, and welcome to another episode of the Tsunami Show Rundown. And with me, as always, is... This Chug with a shout out to all the Chugamaniacs out there. Are we allowed to make those jokes anymore? I guess not. I don't know. Okay, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm Steven. Um, I'm Claire. And we have a very special guest this week. It's, it's me. It's Joey, he's returned. He's I, back from the fucking grave. You don't remember okay. me? To like, I don't know. He wants to talk about SAO for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. He, I have he, a hate boner for SAO. He has a burn. He has a burning. He has he has something he has to get off his chest. So I guess we let we allowed him to return to speak his mind. I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for having me on. As I, because uh, you know I got the I got the thing that's on my wanker that I need to get off. Oh God. <laughs> this is already going so well. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> what are we going to uh, talk about in this episode, Scion? Well, I'm glad you asked, Stephen. In this episode of the Tsunami Show Rundown, we'll be talking about how there will be no movies this month. We will be talking about Dragon Con, the Akira live-action adaption, and Kill a Kill. Adaptation, fuck you, and kill a kill, returning to the block, along with the regular show rundown. Awesome. How does that okay. make you feel? We're going to talk about Adult Swim singles, and oh, yeah. also, I don't know. We'll also be talking about Super 8, it's a very uh, serious subject matter, and I hope you all will stay around as we discuss and debate this <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, let's move on to the news. So, if you've been paying attention, and you probably haven't, uh, it has been announced. Actually, they probably have. Like, we're we're weeks late on most of this news. <laughs> we haven't had a podcast in a while. They don't know that it was announced. That at Dragon Con, there will be no movies this December for Tsunami. Instead, we'll be having two marathons for shows uh, to be determined according to the little piece of paper they handed out. And Which I'm going uh, to go into detail with. Yes. So, on to you, Steven. Well, I don't know. What do you guys think of having no movies? Yeah. I mean, I, for one, am outraged, and I hope Tsunami <laughs> suffers greatly for this. Joey's just a ball of hate today. I am. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's just... it. it I think it's disappointing, but I also don't think it's a huge deal. Like, it was, it was always just a couple of weeks out of the year. So, like, we have marathons instead, so what? You know? Yeah. And, you know, last month, you know, wasn't as good as the first movie month as we've talked about in the past in great detail. Uh, so, who knows, maybe this is for the best. I do kind of prefer the movies. Uh, the marathons can be a little tiring uh, when they happen so often. 
Yeah, ever. I generally don't actually watch the marathons. I haven't yeah. ever watched any of the mar. I don't mind the marathons because it gives me a break. I, I watched the DBZ Kai one. Uh, I watched the Titan one, and I haven't watched marathons. <laughs> you know, I watched I, the Space Dandy one. I, oh yeah, I watched. That oh, one. I watched that one too. Yeah, the three episode one. Yeah. I watched part of the Bebop one actually. But, oh, I watched the Bebop ones too. So. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's just I've I don't have an issue with them mainly because it's just um like it just gives me a day to just not have to watch the block. I mean, like I like watching the block. Don't get me wrong, but it's just it's it doesn't have breaks like a traditional show. It's yeah, like constant. typically, like if you're watching a premiering show on US TV, you they have like seasons. So, or like even half season breaks. So, we don't really have that. So yeah, so it's it's nice to have a week where I can just you know enjoy a Saturday or not have to play catch up if I want to enjoy a Saturday. Go out, be with friends, do yeah. all things instead of staying at home and watching boring cartoons. And hey, I mean, like a lot of times I'm usually busy on the holidays anyway. I remember like on the movie days, I would almost always never. I don't think I ever watched one of the movies live. Yeah, I think um, I missed the first cooler one. I do because I have family issues. <laughs> ah, ah, darkness. Yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's talk about Dragon Con. So, um, a long time ago, like how many weeks ago was this? This was this was. Almost, this will probably have been like two weeks ago at this yeah. point. So, at Dragon Con, they announced what they're going to do with the Intruder 2. And it's going to be broken up over the course of seven weeks. And it's going to start Saturday, obviously November 7th, at midnight. And then from then on, it's going to be every week during the break, during the break during the show that's in the first time slot. That's going to be DBZ except on November 28th and December 19th when it's going to be during the first break of a show marathon, which, and it says the show itself is TBD. All right, so I'm guessing one of those is going to be Akami. And yeah, I'm assuming we're getting an Akami, and I'm assuming we're getting Parasite. Maybe. Maybe a Parasite marathon? I don't know. It might be a... Uh... Maybe like a uh, One Piece or Naruto or something. I honestly don't know. They have a lot. They need to do a Space Dandy season two marathon because they only aired that like once. Yeah, and I was really hoping. Okay, we'll we'll get to that. But um, anyway, the Toonami app launches Monday, November second. So soon. Yeah. So I I actually don't remember what that was. I. I yeah they they had a video for it which you can look up but I I don't remember what the tsunami app is. Tom and Sarah can wake you up with an alarm clock. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's more to it than that. Yeah. But wake up, tsunami faithful. <laughs> I would love to wake up to Steve Blue every day. I'm not gonna. No, lie. that would be awesome. No joke. All right. Um, the comic, the long in the making tsunami. I think that thing got announced before we were doing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to come 
the same day as the first episode of The Intruder 2, November 7th. Yay! We're finally getting it. Um, it, it just says Saturday, so I think presumably it'll be like sometime in the afternoon or the morning or something. Yeah. When they have the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Parasite premieres Saturday, October 3rd at 1 a.m. So, so it's, uh, it's taking the... I'm guessing Michiko and Hodgson's getting bumped down. Yeah. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Because Michiko and Hodgson was... It kind of, I feel like they kind of placed it there, so people would watch it when they would get to SAO. Yeah. Though so it is actually... Do, it does do better than SAO. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if it loses much of an audience when it moves down and doesn't really have, like, the show behind it, it'll be Shippuden. It's kind of uh, weird to think of, like, Shippuden as a show on Toonami that doesn't have the amount yeah. of hype as the other ones, because, like, it's Naruto. Yeah, both Naruto and One Piece are just, like, the shonen shows, but they're just kind of toward the back. Really yeah. Weird. yeah. Um, I kind of thought they were all shonen. <laughs> the entire uh, block is shonen. Well, um, Michiko and Hotchin is not, actually. Everything is yeah, shonen actually, if you yeah. think about it hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think Michiko and Hotchin is like technically a Jose. Or yeah. the fuck you pronounce that. Yeah, you got it. Um, yeah. First one on the block. I would actually, like... it's Hosei. Well, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> leave. Leave the studio. Uh, I would like it if, you know, they had the Shonen spread out, because when, remember when we had the Shonen block back in the day where it was like Bleach, Naruto. Oh boy, and, yeah. Um, that was very tiring. Shonen uh, overload. It, it's not as bad now, but I still would like it like every other show is Shonen, but this lineup is working well for them, and I'm happy. I, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about, uh, man, back when they had like the Inuyasha Sword Art Online 2 Power Hour, like, man, that was rough. Oh, yeah, so you had, like, you had some of the, there were some good episodes of SAO during that time, but until we got, like, near the end, so then you had, I'm, like, SAO. I'm, I'm still convinced that Sword Art Online, I, my impression of Sword Art Online was better, because Inuyasha was a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, I'm not. I like okay. Inuyasha, but, I the did final too, act, but the final act was not great. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a rough. It was a rough patch. Yeah, I think Inuyasha in itself is a fine show, and I actually watched it back when it was like on at like five a.m. or whatever, and I thought that was cool. Like I enjoyed the show then. Yeah, like I, yeah, like I actually kind of looked forward to it in a weird way, but yeah, I don't know. Um. And One Piece was kind of like the saving grace because we were in the middle of like the best in these lobby stuff with all the fights. So, wasn't it at the point where it was a little bit middling? Uh, yeah, it was kind of that invasion of any lobby period. Oh, that got real old real fast. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was like during the time when all the Straw Hats were fighting. I don't think so. I think it was like building to it. Okay. Anyway, do we have any thoughts on the? handling of The Intruder 2. I'm surprised it's seven episodes long. I thought it was only going to be around four or five. Yeah, I, did they actually say how long it was going to be? Because it feels, I think, I feel like they said it was going to be shorter at one point. Uh, I always thought the implication would be that, well, they said it would be a month longer than seven weeks. Are they going, 
month. Are they going to like put it all together at some like somewhere like online? Or well, is it just I'm, gonna be like you have to tune in every week to see what's going on? I'm I imagine sure. somebody will probably put it up on YouTube. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, but like officially. I'm sure they will. I think someone Maybe. asked them asked that. And Jason was like, Oh, we have one of everything on YouTube, so Yeah, I'm sure it will be too. Okay, so what else we got in the news? Uh Kill a Kill will be replacing Attack on Titan when that ends at three AM. That's Okay. Expected. <laughs> I, I will continue not to watch it. Yeah, um, I I don't watch the Attack on Titan as it is, and Kill a Kill isn't really gonna pull me in just because I've already watched it. And oh my god, god. don't lose your way! Come on. I think Kill a Kill lost its way after a certain point, <laughs> so that kind of has soured me on the show as a whole. I, I wasn't, I probably, honestly, I don't even think I'd watch it if it was, like, Space Dandy Season 2 back there. I just, I don't usually watch reruns. That's just a thing. And I, 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 I don't think, I understand the point of the slot, and I'm not negative toward it as a whole. I just personally won't watch it. I think if they were playing Space Dandy, I would totally watch it. Oh, I yeah. I would, too. Um, I would watch certain episodes of Season 2, but... If it was something older, too, like, uh, I don't know, Cowboy Bebop or... Ghost of the Shell. I'd, I'd probably sit back and watch that too. It, it's would, gotten a pretty long break, so I would. I'm, I might rewatch uh, HD Bebop if they actually ended up showing that thing in full. I'd probably um, watch it if they put up FLCL too. Yeah, they have a pretty large uh, catalog of stuff. Stuff. And hey, I, was, I actually kind of thought it might be something like Kill a Kill because uh, once Sao ends, there's no Aniplex show. Okay, so I have the sinking feeling Lucky. that they're going to air Aldmilla Zero. No? <laughs> what? I have that so sinking feeling, too. I heard Moggy. What show is that? <laughs> uh, it's the Robotures. It's it's Moggy. It's a pretty middling robot show. Oh, great. I feel like since it's new and Anaplex, then they probably would give them a good deal on it. It's going to happen. Anaplex no, tried no, to push no, it as their no. Gundam killer. So, no. <laughs> um, guys, you know it's going to be Moggy. Joey, on. the dream is dead. Yeah, you know, I don't I, think they're going to air Moggy at this we, point. We, we haven't had giant robots since Gurren. I guess I could see that, or we could get Valvrain. They haven't they, even dubbed. Valvrain. They haven't even dubbed that. You know what? I, I would gladly accept Valvrave, though. <laughs> they're, they're saving it for the block. They don't want I, I would kind of take Valvrave over Aldno Zero, too, just because <laughs> Valvrave is insane. I need to see it, man. I need Valvrave to see is, the insanity. Valvrave is insane. Aldnoa is inane. So. How about uh, end, of, end of Evangelion? Hashtag yeah. insane and inane. I don't know. Okay. Yo. Sounds like a bad catchphrase. Okay, let's, uh, what other bad mechas are there? Uh, there's, there's a lot of bad, bad mechas. Yeah. Uh, Sentai has a few. Um, Funimation <laughs> also has a few. Earth. <laughs> Captain Earth. Oh, man. If they Captain Earth just to put that on Toonami. Uh, that'd actually be a fun show to watch with you guys. Sentai have like one good one. It's They have Majestic Prince. They have... Uh, fuck, what was it called? Uh, starts with a B. Uh, yeah, break, break blade, breaking, breaking, blade, breaking bad. Break blade. Yeah. Oh, break blade! I just watched that the other day. Oh god! What? Yeah. Blade. How okay. does it uh, hold up, Claire? 
Oh god, it's so slow. Oh man. <laughs> Stronger than me. Dude, I, I totally... I didn't actually own any of the Beyblades, but I knew someone that did. And those things are actually kind of fun to mess around with. They were, I used to play uh, with Beyblades. I never used Beyblade like. ever in my life. What is what's, a, what's a Beyblade? Let it rip. No, I'm just kidding. It's a spinning top. Okay. Um, yeah. It's more than a spinning top, Joey. It's a part of the spinning top. top. The spirit of a monster inside it. That's how that works, right? Is that like Bakugan? No more. No more. Okay. Akira. Let's talk about Akira. So, very, very rumored. Very, 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 very Probably not true, considering the source, but everyone's talking about it, so why not? Chris Nolan might be working on an Akira trilogy. Christopher Nolan, he of Inception, The Dark Knight, and... Oh, God, I forgot about Inception. Oh, my God. Ooh, all these feelings are just coming back. Claire really, really does not like... Did you not like Inception, too? No, I didn't like Inception. What? I hated Inception. (laughs) I'm going to talk about this right now. It'll go too long. I can't do it. (laughs) Was Nolan like your nemesis? Christopher Nolan? I really do. I hate him. Oh shit, man! Just fire. Claire hates Christopher Nolan because. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In addition, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Claire, the Dark Knight. Claire hates Christopher Nolan because he made Batman not campy. Okay, but it's not just that he completely whitewashed like three really important characters and like. <laughs> Yeah, Bane. Um, Razal Ghoul, totally a white guy name. Talia, you know, it's just he he hurt me, and there's no going back. That's that. <laughs> yeah, Bane is uh, Bane is very not Bane in those movies. I personally don't mind him. I think he's incredibly overhyped. I thought Interstellar was incredibly overhyped, even though I like that movie. <laughs> I also think he's... We, we talked about this on our YouTube channel, The Couch <laughs> Potato Saga. Literally, like... <laughs> Tim, Tim and I talked about this, and... Like an hour um, ago. Yeah. So, yeah, we recorded a Mad Max review. Um, Christopher oh. Nolan is... He is... Like consider, I don't disagree that he's overhyped, but he's also kind of overhated as a result. I feel like. Really, I didn't think anyone else hated him. <laughs> I, I see a ton of hate for that guy. Like, yeah. I see, there's people. I see people like parodying these complaints they hear about exposition from other people, and then they don't really think about those complaints at all, and they think, "Oh, that sounds good and different." So I'll Directly say it to too, and then it stops being different because everybody's saying it. And to be fair, Claire, your complaints are very un. Uh, yeah, generic. like you, you, you came up with something different. I, so, I, I actually I actually haven't heard. That's like one of the only times I've ever heard an argument of just like it was too... Well, I've heard the argument it was too serious before, but not like that much of a... Like, I get it. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, a, that's a... Why so serious? That's a criticism, but... Um, <laughs> it, it really, anyway. Anyway. for Nolan... Working on Akira, maybe, question mark. It might not be the worst thing ever. It, if there's anyone, I don't, I mean, there's other people that could have done it, but that would be possibly good. I, I think, mean, it, no I have one, a question. 
Would mm-hmm. it work for a trilogy? Well, yes. if you yes. adapted the manga, yeah. Yeah, if you the manga, the manga like absolutely. the movie, the movie actually cuts out a lot of the manga. Yeah, and like it actually leaves out pretty much a volume or two at the end. Like there's six right. manga volumes, and you could barely, very easy, like convert that all into a trilogy. Yeah, Do you it's think just... that if it was made, people would compare it to Chronicle and say it was written off Chronicle? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, you know it. <laughs> Um, but the apart from the general concerns of hey Akira kind of doesn't work when you remove it from Japan, um, I think Travis. yeah, I think Nolan is maybe like he that guy makes a lot of money with his movies, so like I think he has enough sway to potentially get us the most faithful adaptation we're ever gonna get. Yeah, so I don't know if he'd do that. I don't I feel know like either. he'd want to make it his own, which is fine. Like I just think, if you're gonna adapt a Kira, you either need to be very, very faithful, or you need to be like very, very loose. You need to pretty much just yeah, keep like can't... one kid gets crazy powers and shit and all that. <laughs> yeah, it, post-apocalypse. Got... So if you want to take liberties on it, it's cool, but you cannot do a half and half thing for that movie because you will just lose way too much. Yeah, you can. You you can't just be. Faithful, but also in America. Yeah, like, you, like I, I, I remember the, the people trying, but I don't believe it's possible. I remember the rumors like a while ago was that like instead of like the whole like nuke in Neo Tokyo or whatever, it was gonna be a post nine eleven New York, and I was like, holy oh, shit, God. God. <laughs> oh, God. that is just uh, bad taste. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it would be interesting to see. You know, I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. But I would I would definitely be interested in that. He wouldn't be my first pick, but I don't think he would do it. I think he could. He's someone that I would have more faith than okay. if it was like Michael sure Bay got it. Here's here's the thing about the rumor is the rumor isn't the rumor is that he's possibly directing, but the rumor says that he's definitely at least producing. So like somebody else. Might be writing oh, a script like or Zack directing. Uh. <laughs> no, Zack Snyder's wrapped up in like DC stuff forever. So yeah, it's true. It's, it's all he's ever going to be doing now. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not even sure who like my first choice to direct in a hero movie would be. Alfonso Cuarón. I Del Toro. Del Toro. Yeah, Del Toro. That's what I was about to say. You guys saw Children of Men, right? Yeah. Okay. Like that's the guy I said. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, no. that's fine. I, I, no, that I mean yeah, that's a decent fit. I would I would probably still stick with Del Toro. Maybe. But just um, because of just the stuff he usually does, like I feel like he could do a decent job at it. All right, you guys want to move on yeah. to the rundown? Yes. Sure. Let's do no. that. I want to talk more about uh, Batman. Okay. <laughs> well, so who's your favorite we... Batman villain, Joey? Um, Let's move on to the show rundown. (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer is Mr. Pig. So, this episode of Dragon Ball Z Kai was episode number 39, Piccolo Reborn, Frieza's second transformation. So Piccolo shows up and gets an entrance that's just way too cool for him. And you talking about Piccolo to... has like his pimp clothes on and everything. <laughs> he deserves. Anyway, so Piccolo, 
fights Frieza and actually does a pretty good job. He's able to hold his own. He doesn't really get the upper hand per se, but he's able to give Frieza different fights. Uh, I mean, a actual difficult fight until Frieza transforms into a monster from Alien. <laughs> and then certain alien jokes here. Yes, and Gohan flies up to save him, and the episode ends. What do you think of this episode, Claire? Um, I thought the fight was pretty cool. Vegeta looked disgusting. I mean, not Vegeta. Well, he always looks disgusting, but, um, <laughs> Frieza <laughs> looks disgusting in his new transformation. I didn't like it. I you mean, know, I, I, know... A... <laughs> I, I, oh, I know I know how, like, I know what Frieza's transformations are, because I'm familiar with this. I've seen it before, but... Like, my, I was watching this on the online stream, and the stream went out at one point. And, like, before the stream went out, Frieza was in his first form. And then when the stream came back, he was in his second form. I was just like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it looks, like, really, I don't know. Like, what's with the mouth? He has a penis head, okay? Yeah, yeah it's like an elongated alien thing. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, that's what that's what the d- intent of the design for the alien was. Sure, Ripley Scott's gonna sue someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't stay in this form very long. No, he doesn't. It's incredibly, it's probably, uh, I have this theory that Akira Toriyama was just like, okay, you know, fuck, this is too hard to draw. because his next transformation is a lot more simple I've I've heard that some of the transformations are just a result of his editors saying like that they thought it looked lame so he changed it (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not but I kind of wish it was it's not not surprise me yeah his editors are like the reason DBZ went on for as long as it did so, no, see, the reason Frieza changed this time is because the lawyers for Shonen Jump advised him, dude, <laughs> this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, really nice looking fight scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. In uh... fact, evidently Piccolo is the uh, strongest Z fighter at that point. Well... Uh. <laughs> Supposedly, that's, that's uh, Goku's taking a nap. Yeah, Goku's just you know chilling out for a bit. You know what's weird is that like Frieza was beating up on Piccolo, and like Piccolo's clothes didn't even get torn until much later in the fight. I, don't know, I actually noticed a lot of really lazy animation in this episode. Like, I don't know, there was like a hand sliding down, and it looked like it was just a screen. I don't know the exact yeah. moment. It just looked really like. I think this one had a. <laughs> I think this one had a decent amount of reanimated stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I I like how Vegeta is kind of just one of the gang now. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> you just you just have like it cuts to him standing next to like Krillin and Gohan, and Vegeta's like, "Oh man," and it's <laughs> kind of just his character now, and I just find it funny. Krillin you need tries to beat to me off. within an inch of my life. Oh yeah, you do know who you're talking to, right? Man, we're dead. <laughs> this is this is going well. We should just give up. Yeah, yeah he's doing uh, the show. It's my Vegeta voice. <laughs> Vegeta is uh, Vegeta's whole strategy is to use a fucking exploit. <laughs> like, for the sake, 
that's pretty strong. That's a pretty good idea, though. Yeah, it is. Um, also, I guess after this idea, they figured out it was broken and nerfed it because uh, you don't ever see it happen after this, the whole Saiyans getting a power boost from being near death. That's really just a hilarious... I, I really just like that plot point, though, of like him being like, Hit me! Yeah. <laughs> hit me! Go ahead, quick, you need to hit me! Hit me, then heal me, and then I'll be strong. Well, I, I like this episode, though. The animation wasn't always top-notch, but it was fast-paced enough to like make up for it. I think it's one of the better fights we've had since, like... Yeah, this might be... Um... A lot of this was filler, um, but this might be uh, up there with... I know, like, the Piccolo versus Android 17 fight had a lot added in it, too, but that one ended up, like, turning out pretty good. Um, Android who? 17. I, I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah. He vanishes. Um, okay, but, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It was a solid fight. I enjoyed it. Um, I like this fight, like, I... I think it's fine, it's entertaining, but um, it kind of makes me, it kind of exhibits one of the things that annoys me a little bit about DBZ, and it's the constant one-upping of power levels gets old sometimes, and well, it kind of, well, it kind of, <laughs> like, it feels like they're never really evenly matched sometimes. It's always like, I'm winning, now I'm winning, now I'm winning, now I'm winning. <laughs> and the power-ups kind of seem like the way they make that happen. Man, I feel like after watching Bleach, I just can't use that as a complaint anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, that's true. true. It gets worse. It gets it, it is much worse in like something like Bleach, but... Still, it's a, it's a little bit irritating. No, yeah, I mean, uh, it does happen, but I, I don't really have much of an issue with it here. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's still entertaining. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I liked the episode. It was fine, pretty much. Does anyone else have any thoughts? Um, I love Gohan. Piccolo is Gohan's true father. Yes, he is. Gohan only attacked at the end. <laughs> and it wasn't even an attack. It was a fly. He was flying. He looked great. That's not the actual title of this episode. Steven's just wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he, but when he attacked his last episode, that was great, by the way. Gohan isn't very good at attacking. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought he was too. Him and his bowl cut. He's going to bowl cut Frieza up to death. I don't you know. You know, the bowl cut increases your power level. It does. <laughs> You know, it's true because like Frieza, he gets a haircut when he gets into like his next form. So because he doesn't have hair, he, he gets no, forms. he doesn't he doesn't get a haircut. He gets a head cut. It's purple <laughs> hair. It's purple shiny skin like hair. Okay, let's Shut move on up. to Tommy to kill. Can't unsee that now. <laughs> Who summarizes this show? I do, unfortunately. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we've done this in a while. <laughs> on this episode of a I'll Make a Kill, Tatsumi, Tatsumi tries on one of the weird-ass weapon things, uh, the Imperial the Imperial Guards. Imperial uh, arms. Imperial, imperial <laughs> arms. <laughs> the Imperial arms. Um, so he tries the Headhunter's Imperial arms, and wacky hijinks ensue because it has X-ray vision, too. 
So yeah, anyway, he gets to see some underwear. Yeah, good for you, Tashi. That, that little that Imperial arm in particular has the power of anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then this motherfucker decides to make things awkward by saying, "Oh hey, any one of these can bring my dead friends back to life," because he still hasn't gotten over this, even though randomly I out of yeah. the blue. Even though I thought he had gotten over it five seconds after they died. Yeah. It was <laughs> Um, it's, it's just like, by the way, I'm still sad. Yeah, still having like, night terrors because. Like, of, oh, are you? I feel like they at least something... bring it up sometimes during the episode. Like he'll just randomly mention that he misses his friends. Yeah. Am I imagining that? I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, certainly, I mean, certainly, they, they haven't for the past few episodes. Goodbye, Tatsumi. Goodbye, Tatsumi. We can't act anymore. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Tatsumi is sad. But then Shell comes and visits him while he's visiting his friend's grave, and she tells him her very, very lame backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tatsumi cries, and then Shell hugs him, and then he keeps crying. And then Tatsumi meets a guard who works for the Empire who has a Pokemon for a yeah, and a justice sensor. And a justice sensor. <laughs> she loves justice. And what that should guy... be the title of our episode: Justice Sensor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the guy talked to me killed a few episodes ago. The guard uh, was actually her sensei, mentor, and she's looking for righteous vengeance against Night Raid. And that's where the episode ends. What do you think of this episode? Any, mini mini mo? Okay. So we need we need to explain what this woman's backstory is. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Her backstory is that she's not good at anything except murder. <laughs> she really likes her some murder. That's 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 the story. Well, her backstory is. I'm sorry. Murder is all I can do. Yeah. Okay. So she grew up in Chinatown. Of this fantasy oh, yeah. land, it's literally called Chinatown. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, I kind of like that. Just no matter where you are, even if it's like in some parallel fantasy dimension, there's Chinatown. <laughs> and uh, she grew up in Chinatown. Could never do anything right, but she had a friend, her only friend. But then one night, her friend's boyfriend comes home, and domestic abuse ensues because, yeah, that's a thing in anime, and. Um, she kills the guy. That's what Ezio taught me. She, she awakens her latent murder abilities. And Attack on Titan for that matter. For, for some reason. Yeah. And so uh, they write it off as self-defense, but her friend never talks to her again. Fast forward a few days later, and the guy's friends come back for vengeance, and then she just kills all of them. So, oh, and they mentioned that they murdered her parents. And she's uh, like, okay. Did she even have parents? I don't like, know. They never she, showed her parents. They just yeah. said, by the way, we killed your parents. I, I imagine it's just kind of like an intimidation tactic. That's exactly I, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even being funny about this. That's what it said. Yeah, uh, I, I think it was just kind of an intimidation tactic. It's like, oh yeah, we killed your parents and you're next. Because he was like, despite all the awful things they told me, I was perfectly calm when I decapitated their fucking heads. <laughs> um, so, 
Oh yeah, Joey, you didn't actually did you actually watch this part of it? I, I watched yeah, I watched half of it. I saw the okay. the backstory. You saw the murdering. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> oh, I love this show, man. It's it's a watch. Okay. This was this whole thing was like really kind of stupid. Yeah. Just but an enjoyable like, stupid. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I actually kind of like furious. Like yeah, I like I I like I kind of liked it too. But like because it was supposed to be serious and it was just like a joke backstory, <laughs> even though it's not supposed to be. This is like the so bad it's good show of the block. By the way, kind of like no, like it's not. This is. This doesn't go to Sword Art Online. This doesn't go to Blue Exorcist. Fuck that noise. This is the show, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. It is. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it, it's, it's amusing, if nothing else. Like... I, I'm getting bored of it. I'm enjoying it immensely. It, 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 for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Oh, also, there was, a, there was a woman with blue hair and boobs that had, like, a human slave dog thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so gross. Oh, yeah, the main antagonist of uh, Final Fantasy V. Yes. We're introduced to Esdeath, who, uh, yeah, she's coming. People Esdeath seem to... I, I didn't make it this far into the show, but people seem to, like, unironically really like her. Uh, so. She was the flavor of the month when the show was airing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she was the waifu. Yeah, yeah the I dominant guess. waifu. <laughs> Oh, okay. Jesus. The author has revealed his uh, Dom fetish here. What? Yeah. <laughs> He's played his hand too early. That scene was so weird with him, with, with the with the dude acting like licking her boot or whatever. They give this guy a backstory. He's like, oh, yeah, he, he leads these tribesmen, and he's the strongest they have to offer, and you see him, and he's just licking her boots and panting like a dog, and then she kicks him to death. It felt um, kind of random, like... Yeah. I've seen scenes like this in other shows. I'm not going to say what they are, yet, like, because <laughs> that might be spoilers, I don't know, but... Um, it, it it works in other shows, kind of, when it's been built up or feels like it fits, but here it was just like, by the way, here's a human dog. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? And... So yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I just spent most of the episode making jokes about like how the boss lady is big boss. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of big bosses tonight on this vlog. Um, Naruto comes around. We'll talk about like, that. She has, she has the metallic arm. She has the eye patch. She just needs a horn now. <laughs> And she just needs to be voiced by Kiefer Sutherland because we all know that's the real voice of Big Boss. Ah, ah, I hate you. The amount of hate and loathing I feel for you cannot be explained through words. Anyway, I I feel like Michelle's voice actor is one of the few in the show that's actually like really good. She, I don't she fits know. the character very well, I think. It, I wasn't sure if, like, the performance when she was, like, telling her backstory was very flat, and I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be. I feel like I, it was, just because... Yeah, if it but, is, I think she's doing, being flat better than, like, who, whoever's voicing a Kame is. But I could, I also couldn't tell if it was intentional, so that's kind of... I think that's probably bad. She, she comes across as very, like, ditzy and kind of tired. Yeah. yeah I think that's very hard to... You know, yeah. uh, do. I think it was fine. 
I mean, um, if you take it as intentional, I think it is fine, but... Yeah. The yeah. girl who showed up later, though, with the, with the dog. Oh, ooh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? Yeah, no. That's, that's how I expect that character to sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. She, she is a Pokemon in a justice sensor. Okay. <laughs> and, like, she did karate with a guy called the Ogre. And so, like, come on. That's, that's pretty much what that character would sound like. Okay. All right. <laughs> you guys want to move on from this show? Well, uh, what do um, we all think of it? Of this episode. Did everyone go yet? So bad, it's good, I guess. I don't know. I I'm mean, looking anyway. forward to the next episode so that I can laugh at it. It's it's not even like, when we say so bad, it's good, we think of something like completely incompetently made. But like, this is just kind of so, I think it's so weird yeah, it's that it's just, good. The tone makes no sense. It's just all over it, the place. It's just it's so much fun. It's kind of like a spectacle almost. Yeah. It's like, how, what the fuck were you doing? Um, one thing, though, I kind of don't buy... Like, I understand that, hey, they have this young boy surrounded by all these pretty girls, and so he will have relationships with them. But I really don't buy his relationships with the other characters, especially, like, Akame. Like, maybe Akame just has some weird issues, which is probably, like, yeah, probably, but... It, her attachment to him seems weird. I don't, I don't understand, if that's the case, how the hell the green-haired kid not get all the ladies when he was the only one there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody seems... I, I forget that guy exists. Me too. Because they, it's because I don't even know who you're talking about right now. He was, he's the, he's the only guy with the green hair. Yeah. The guy with like the Hitman <laughs> piano wire. Yeah he's, yeah, he's got the wire poo going now. I, like, I think I can name... like. Everyone else's name except him. Like, it's Lovett or something, right? It's, I don't know. I guess, man. <laughs> I don't know anybody's oh. name, honestly. Well, I know like, Akame, I know Tatsumi, I know what's his... I used to know the Pompadour. Bulat. Bulat? What? Bulat. Yeah, he has a similar name to Boy. Yeah, I like that guy. He's pretty cool. Before this... He's probably a horrible stereotype, but... Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He's Japan stereotype. I could have, before we had this conversation, before you just told me that dude's name, I could have told you the names of the people were Akami, uh, Tatsumi, mine, because you just named her in this conversation, and um, some lady that has a name that starts with an N, and that's it. Is that Big Boss? I don't know. Leona. Leone. It's Leona. Leona, yeah. Who? Uh, oh, the, the Misato. Yeah. Who? <laughs> the cat girl, lion oh, girl. The oh, woman who sounds okay. like she's been smoking a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Misato. That's how we identify who Misato is. If she sounds like she has a smoker's cough. Oh, I forgot who's in this. And then the, uh, the, the one girl who's a stereotype in this. And, like, I'm not. I, that sounds mean, but I also love that voice. So, it's like, I, I mean that, I mean that in the character. nicest of ways. Yeah. She's my favorite yeah. character. Let's like move on, please. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh god, I have to pronounce things now. Okay. So, this episode of Michiko and Hatchet was episode 11, starting line downpour. Yeah. 
Go for it. Tempestade no punto de partida. There we go. That was actually pretty good. Congratulations. Yeah. You're getting better. Any Portuguese listeners in the audience? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, so in this episode, Hachin is still at the circus, and she meets a woman there who is also named Michiko, who appears to be nice, but is actually selling all the children into slavery. So, yeah, um, Space Dandy is there as yeah, a reporter. Because... <laughs> like, literally, he's kind of just, that's kind of his personality. <laughs> he's kind of just Dandy, except if Dandy was a little more sleazy. And... Yeah, which is kind of hard to imagine, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might just be his outfit. Like, if you put Dandy in that outfit, I feel like he would be a little less endearing. <laughs> um, but anyway... So this reporter, voiced by Ian Sinclair, is there, and he is trying to expose the circus for, you know, child slavery. Um, They almost kill him several times. He's apparently really hard to kill. But yeah, eventually, the real Michiko shows up, and she and Hachin have some heated words. Oh boy. And then she... They eventually, like, fight off the evil circus people in a hot air balloon. And yeah, it was kind of they, awesome. They liberate the children. They liberate the children from the life of car- being a carny. So. Which kind of actually confuses me, because hasn't Rita been in the circus like all her life? Well, like, they, she, she has talent. Something, yeah. So like, they, they, they sell off the kids they don't have any use for. Yeah, like, Hodgson's just cleaning shit. Rita's, like, getting rope burn and shit like that, so they don't really have to. Yeah. But her act is so simple. I know, but no other kids can do it, obviously, because they wouldn't be getting sold into slavery. I I bet Uh, one of them can do it. I bet one of them they sold can do it. I mean, clearly, you don't know the rules of child slavery. Yeah. (laughs) You have to test a few, and maybe they'd fall down, and... Some unfortunate guy would have to clean it up. But well, I don't know if it is. They're expendable, man. It can be a circus of just like all this, you know, culture, and you have to earn the opportunity to just take some girl's act. No, okay. Rita is there because they need the minority to, like, meet their quota. Every character's a minority except for, like, Hawkins. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. They need Hosh in there to meet the minority quota, man. <laughs> But anyway, what did you guys think of this episode? Yeah, it was yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, the, I think the shining point of this episode was uh, the hot air balloon fight, of course. And of course, oh, that was awesome. I really, I really like Dandy. I remember I started getting the impression like kind of early on. I was just like, oh, this guy's kind of a scumbag. I'm like, I feel but like wait. he isn't the true scumbag of this. It's scumbag like, with a heart of gold. Yeah, not really, <laughs> but more like just happens to be doing something good because it's going to give him a good scoop. I think it's weird that the... Uh, I mean, uh, hey, you rescue children from slavery. You rescue children from slavery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of weird that they only introduced the second Michiko now since Hodgson's been with the circus for a while. So now you just kind of have Madame Michiko popping up and being like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm selling all of you darlings in the child pornography. So I don't think she was there before, is what I kind of gathered. Yeah, she should have been. Is basically my point. Well, I mean, what I, to build this up. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, I kind of got the impression that she's just someone that like comes around when the circus is in that area, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, here's these kids." One, he's like, "Yeah, cool." Um, Michiko finally showing back up is nice. Uh, the real Michiko, but you know, besides, actually, yeah, this was a pretty good episode. Uh, yeah. I think it started out pretty slow and kind of dull, but I think it found its groove once, like, Michiko actually showed up at the circus. Yeah. And I did really like the uh, balloon thing. I always feel like uh, Michiko and Hotchin's arguments are very forced, though. A little bit. But, I mean, I think it made sense this time, because it's like, you expect me to come back with you just because you're here now. Yeah. And I thought it made sense in this context, but... um, I also feel like this episode kind of glosses over the fact that Michiko, like real Michiko, is being kind of shitty to Hachin. And so like she looks better in comparison to meet other Michiko that is selling children into slavery, but yeah, but it's yeah. And so it feels like it never really addressed that problem. Like it just said, here's somebody who's way worse. She's not like that, but like but if it was totally fine, you know, like what would happen then? Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Shinsuke and Satoshi? Because oh, yeah. we missed those episodes. They're both scary as fuck. Like, both of them. Satoshi yeah. was... I don't know. Pretty... Satoshi. Yeah. Satoshi was... is like... He's a guy with a chip on his shoulder. And that is very frightening. Yeah. And Shinsuke is a crazy guy with a chip on well, his shoulder. <laughs> so. He has a chip on his shoulder, but he also simultaneously is like really trying to prove something to everybody, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they make good for good villains. I think it was that episode when Satoshi showed up and um, held up the old crime boss was really tense. Whoever's yeah. voicing that guy is doing a really good job. Oh uh, yeah, the the old crime boss. Uh, no, the oh, Satoshi. Yes, Satoshi. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't done much. I looked him up on Wikipedia the other day. He doesn't even have an article, and Anime News Network wasn't that I looked him up. I think he moved on to... What's his... You know what? Okay, you guys keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, but uh, Satoshi is just a really... I think he makes for a good character uh, villain in this type of show. Uh, and I think I'll go more in-depth once we review the show as a whole, but he makes for a good foil, and I think... Not not a foil. Well, I, mean, I guess kind of. It's hard to explain. You have this show, which is about Michiko and Hachin, right? Both women. You don't really see that very often. And you would think they would be the ones who have something to prove, but look at both of them. They're badass. They're uh, really ideal female protagonists. And then you have Satoshi, who is kind of this scumbag with chip on his shoulder looking for something to prove and it goes out of his way to like kill people to prove that and he's constantly like outclassed by our protagonist so I think that works really well yeah um, I also like you you would think that Michiko being the adult is the one who gets who gets things going but this episode has taught me that Hachin is really the one who gets shit done like, she swings over onto the balloon and she just fucks shit up, like... Oh, also, uh, Akron Watson, he... I think he moved on to live-action stuff. Ah, well, that makes sense. He's oh, wait, no. Go. No, he didn't. No, I don't know. 
I know he was in the Walking Dead Survival Instinct, really bad video game, but um, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he hasn't done much. He's very good. Shinsuke is voiced by Scott Freeman. That's all oh, we're boy. About that. <laughs> okay. Kind of makes the role scarier. A little bit. Um, Alright, you guys want to move on to SAO? Does anybody have any lingering thoughts on Michiko and Hachin? I should have watched it. You should have. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. Okay, so. Also, seriously, like, Deco. Okay. Thank you, Steven. Okay. You're going to have to remember this when we editing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway. This was episode 81 of Naruto Shippuden. Sad news. In this episode, everybody gets this sad news that Asuma's dead. What? Yes. I thought it was SAO. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode of SAO 2, sad news. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Kirito okay. learned that Asuma was dead. Um, okay, Joey, you're up. What was the name of this episode? Sad news. Journey's End. Okay. Journey's yeah. End. Journey's All right. All right, on episode 22 of SAO 2, Journey's End, um, we discover that Yuki is not what she seems. She is sick. And Asuna decides to pay her a visit. Joey, why are you spacing stuff out this way? Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me do that again. Just seething <laughs> with rage. <laughs> Alright, so, on this episode of SAO2, Journey's End. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> um, God damn it, you guys. Yuki has AIDS. Okay. Yuki has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. that, you know, that's actually pretty much a summary yeah. Because they spend half the episode establishing that she has AIDS, and that AIDS is bad. True, okay, yeah, okay. fair enough. It's sad. <laughs> okay, do you want me to do this? Like, That's it, you've done okay. it. Let's go on. Also, there's a thing called the Mediciboid, so... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Mediciboid. Um, that is the most ridiculous sounding thing. I'm not sure if... It, it, that's kind of a... I, you'd think they would pronounce it differently... It sounds like a Game Boy. Like a, like a, what's the, Miasma. Um, alright. Medic, you, I don't, but It sounds anyway. like a Game Boy, and that's, and that's not, in, like, that's kind of true. So yeah. I think, basically, like, what it does is it cancels out her pain, and basically it, it's sort of just a big VR thing that also serves as a medical tool. It so allows she's, her to see and hear outside of, yeah. Her coma, I guess. Yeah. Not, uh, well, she's not in a coma. She just she's just she can't in. see or hear, right? Uh, well, she no. can, she's fine. She's she just in a lot of pain. Yeah. Okay. So she uses this thing to essentially not feel the pain, and I guess the way it's built is it like projects the room around her in there or something. I don't know. And it also plays video games. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like how we use alcohol. 
Alcohol is my favorite video game system. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You play it without the TV on. Alright, so, um, what did you guys think of this episode? Um. My god. So. Can you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? I can. (laughs) I can feel it because you're forcing it up my ass. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, I actually, ah, I'm conflicted. Yes, Sion didn't have as strong of a reaction to this as uh, maybe, say, Joey did. I know Tim and I are pretty much indifferent. What did you think, Claire? I didn't think it was like, okay, like, everyone's freaking out. And they were freaking out before it happened. You just say it was going to be the worst thing in the world. And I was, like, prepping myself. And, like, obviously it was, like, you know, a little bit ridiculous. But it wasn't so terrible that, like, I would write a 50-page rant about how awful it is. Like, I don't know. I think people might be overreacting. There's been worse. The show has done far worse. Yeah, it has. I don't think I was expecting a lot worse too. I mean, I don't think it works yeah. at all. I can give you. I'm going to give you detailed reasons <laughs> as to why. But like again, I, I think, I did go into this with like I, I knew what this was. I knew she had AIDS, and I expected a lot worse. And especially coming from the show. Yeah, I, I yeah. was. Yeah, it's I, like, I kind of oh, a character has AIDS. Let's see what ridiculous shit this yeah. show is going to be. I, I kind of so, had the same reaction as Steven. I was just kind of, it's like, man, after the okay. rapeness, it's just I'm, I'm like used to it at this point. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah me too. Like, <laughs> oh, that's just like, Sao. Like, what do you expect, people? Like, yeah, yeah Sao is anime ass teenage melodrama. Like, it's a it's a young adult s- novel. I have never seen it like this. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just haven't watched it in a while, but just coming back to this and just seeing how really melodramatic it was, I was just like rolling my eyes throughout the entire episode. I mean, these people take video games really seriously. Oh, God. Is Melodrama City. Oh, and like, okay, I just want to say, how did Kirito know about this? Like, I know he's like Kirito. Kirito. Government guy voiced by Matt Mercer probably gave him info. You know what my favorite scene in this thing was? Was he's like over there like on top of the school like working on some of Yuki. And he's just like, all right, hold on one second. Let me get this worked out. And then Azuna shows up and he just immediately closes the laptop and you don't hear about Yui anymore. Actually, no, that's the, I like that scene. I'll tell you why. Because he was working on his shit and then he saw Asuna come through the door, and he was like, alright, gotta handle this. <laughs> just put the laptop and, you know, shut the laptop. And he was like, okay, here you go. Here's a hug. Take okay, care of daddy. you. Fuck off. <laughs> it's like, Kirito has his priorities straight. He, he has his hobbies, and then he has his woman. And, he, <laughs> and he's fucking mental. And then Yui. So then Yui. His daughter. So, Scion, Christ. what was your reaction? I'm conflicted. Because yeah, this it's clear it's clear emotional manipulation, right? Like not on par with oh, I'm dead and now I'm going to hunt you Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. But Yeah, that was that was yeah, that was worse. That was worse. Ah, I'm conflicted because Well, I don't know if it was worse because like that wasn't really trying to wring 
the melodrama out of a real world disease, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, in terms of act, in terms of just the melodrama, that was worse. Yeah, it's like here they kind of built it up, not go well. Mind yeah, you. in quotes. <laughs> not they kind of built it up. And I, mean, I don't, I don't have an issue at all with the fact that they're dying. I, I don't either. Yeah. That's fine. It's just why, why didn't you make up a disease? It's, and <laughs> if it had been cancer, would it have been like? Would you? I think cancer she probably could have worked better, honestly. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. What are you saying? <laughs> so, and I, I kind of also appreciate how the show just kind of sat you down and was like, yeah, she's dying and she has AIDS. It's, they didn't really... Uh, it's weird. Uh, maybe I think it might just be the voice, might be the voice acting, just how they delivered it. And everyone oh, get, yeah, dude. felt emotion it's here, seriously. and like seriously, the voice acting is the saving grace of the show. Everyone did a superb job in this episode. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it was done in bad taste, and I think that's basically my feelings behind it. Because they could have eaten knowing this show, and this is going to sound awful. I am absolutely shocked they didn't go the route by saying, "Oh yes, Yuki was raped, and now she has AIDS." Because that would not shock yeah, me. Yeah, that it wouldn't be exactly either. what I was expecting. And, like, these are, like, the final episodes of the show. I haven't seen this. I, I heard about the AIDS, but I didn't know exactly how it happened. Um, um, so, you know, I, it's not in bad taste, so I don't hate I, it, even though it's, like, clearly trying to play to me. I guess I kind of agree because, like, um, we've we've criticized the show that it doesn't really take, like, sexual assault with the weight it deserves. And this is, like, for all its failings, it is treating AIDS with respect. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of weight here. Yeah, it's but like... But it's just... It... I don't know. It, it's, it is still trying to use it to sort of... It's, it's using really, it... To, it's trying to give you emotional pull. It also it's kind of really feel bad because of the disease rather than because of the person who has the disease. Yeah, and it kind of goes yeah. beyond, you know, it really hammers at home. And it yeah, yeah goes exactly. It really needs to. It's like, oh yeah, the mother had had it, and she even thought about killing her entire family. Yo, but yeah. she's so he said that so casually too. Yeah, I had, I had to stop by the way, she what? almost murdered everybody. <laughs> and then they treat her like she's so brave for not murdering her children. It's like, yep, that, that's a yeah, brave family. Should, I, mean, like, oh, God. I mean, sure, good job, but like yeah. that's just that that that's such a weird statement. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it was said so. I actually like I wasn't like I was zoned out a little bit, and that like brought me back into it because I was just like, what the fuck. <laughs> it, might be a, it might be a cultural. It might be a cultural thing because it's Japan and. Can we really use that system. excuse, though? There are several times in the show where we can kind of use that excuse. I don't, okay. I don't think this your is entire family is not. I don't think. I don't think murdering all your old family. <laughs> Sometimes we have to be careful here. Like I think, I think the show's use of AIDS is totally a cultural difference because I don't think, like, they see it as a punchline the way yeah, because a lot of us do. whole AIDS scare and whatnot, and now it's just kind of a joke, but... Yeah. Like, I guess that's the thing, like, you kind of 
it's really difficult to actually do a serious story about AIDS anymore, just because, like, it has pretty much become a, a parody at this point. Like, it was the big bad disease that we didn't really understand, and they had all these really overblown, all this overblown media coverage of it, and then, like, that got made fun of over and over and over again to the point where it doesn't have that impact anymore. You know, I think the last time I actually saw a well-done thing on AIDS was a Captain Planet episode seven years ago. So, uh, to be fair, the last time I saw something well done on AIDS was about a month ago when I saw the Straight Outta Compton movie. Well, yeah. I, I think the last time I saw a well done thing about AIDS was Team America World Police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't think... It, it, it just kind of... It, it was a really weird impression because usually, like, the show will try to do something like this and they'll just get angry, but... At this point, I guess just because of how they handled it, where they actually took it seriously, but it was still blatant emotional manipulation here, I just kind of had a, okay. So, like, it, it feels like because they take it so seriously, it kind of feels outdated in a way. Yeah. Like, AIDS, like, AIDS is a terrible disease, but, like, it's very manageable now. So, like, yeah. they, had to, they had to basically give her super AIDS, where it's drug-resistant and all these other things to, like... It, it almost feels like the guy who wrote the series wrote this in the 80s and had to update it to, like, change what the AIDS he gave her was so that he can still give her AIDS. Yeah. Um, and also, it, it, like I, I said this on websites, and it it kind of... It feels like the only thing that's missing is if Yuki turned out to really be a gay dude. And, <laughs> like... That kind of feels like it would complete the picture of this understanding of AIDS. Of AIDS. Yeah. You know? uh, also, they casually mentioned that the rest of the Sleeping Nights are terminal as well. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they didn't go very in-depth about that. But they said, Not oh, at all. Yuki and another one of us are going to die. So We don't know which one, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it matters because... I don't think we care. <laughs> but um, I, I was kind of wondering, I'm like, oh, which other one's dying? And Nope, no idea still. Maybe it'll get revealed, but... You know, when I first found this out, I was like, whoa, at least now we know why they call, why they call them the Sleeping Knights. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh, oh, oh. oh that might not be a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty good name. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Sounds, uh, lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> I just think... Like I said, we we talk about how this is kind of it's trying it's trying really really hard to make you cry, and that's that's the main thing I don't, I don't yeah, like about it. That's what I don't like about it either. It's it's basically using the disease as a crutch, because like theoretically we've we've only really known Yuki for two episodes, and theoretically if you have a strong enough connection to a character, you can say that character's dying. She's not going to get better. She's going to die. For sure, 100%. Um, theoretically, you can say that, and it would make you sad. Um, this show kind of knows they haven't built up that strong enough of a connection, so it does this. I, I think a good point of comparison is the original FMA and Brotherhood. You had Nina Tucker and Shao Tucker in the original FMA, and you kind of knew them for about six or seven episodes before the whole Chimera thing happened. Right. Or one in Brotherhood, and I do think it still works in Brotherhood. Uh, I actually think I, it's only like two or three. Yeah, well, in the original, there was more, I want to say. 
Yeah. So They're not that many. It's not There's, that many. I think it's two yes, or three. Yeah, it's not that many. It, several episodes. They kind of become part of the status quo to a degree because the brothers keep going back to the house and they're living there for a while. So I feel like you kind of establish that emotional connection, whether you think Mina was annoying or not. So when that happens, it's very it's very shocking, you know, or emotional moment to you. But in Brotherhood, it kind of it, it's almost kind of jarring with how quick it happens. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like here, since you don't really know Yuki that much. I, I do think it still works in Brotherhood, actually, but I get what you're trying to say. I, I feel like in Brotherhood it works because you already like knew them from the previous series. I, I actually watched Brotherhood first. Wow. I All think... Right, then never mind. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That could be why. I think at Full Metal Alchemist, the part of the reason something like that works and doesn't necessarily feel manipulative is because... It's so rooted in that world, like it. You kind of see how that kind of thing could go wrong, and that's actually really important to the way it sort of establishes oh, the way yeah, alchemy works. Yeah, and here it's, it's just kind of like it. Like it felt necessary there, and here it kind of doesn't feel necessary. It feels like they're using AIDS because they think AIDS has the most impact, even though it kind of doesn't. This entire plot line feels unnecessary. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the whole Asuna wants to help some dying kids, but just like the past few episodes have been pretty much fine, barring a couple issues. But this is, it's just too much. I think. Yeah. All right. Also, it's weird to go from like, hey guys, let's take the harem and go find Excalibur. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah, too. It's just a weird transition. Yeah, to yeah. dying terminally ill kids. I mean, I feel like if I wasn't... if I feel like if I hadn't seen this already, like, two or three times from SAO, trying to tackle things that you probably shouldn't tackle, I would be more offended, but now I'm just like, that's what SAO does. It's- yeah, it's just... It's after- <laughs> After this just nonsense with Alphine online and just the gun gale online and Johnny Young Bosch rapist, it's just man, just this does nothing for me. Yeah, you can't top that. <laughs> like I'm not angry, I'm not pissed, I'm just just I'm like, alright. Just tired, really. Yeah, just like okay show. Do what you you SAO gonna SAO. Our anger will be renewed once SAO three comes around. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. I have no doubt in my mind. But as of now, just nope. It was, it was can, a, can we just talk about for a minute how silly the uh, the what the fuck was it called the meat 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 what the, the dicky boy the dicky boy yeah the dicky boy yeah the whole virtual like aspect of that is just really. I don't really know. Weird to me. I mean, we're talking about like the future. Just the fact that they I have guess, these but... elaborate VR worlds that they can explore. I think that I don't. I don't find that to be too far out of the question. Yeah, especially with Kirito currently setting up camera systems. So you I can... s- yeah, like it, it'll just find that <laughs> weird after all the events of Sao. I still find that really strange. Why would why they would even like risk. Doing that shit. Uh, I don't know. You see my point? Did they say that was already in development? Kind of. I think that, I don't know. I I don't remember. I don't remember. I I don't have too much of an issue with it. Um. I get your point, but I don't know. It's just. I just feel like they've done so much bizarre shit with science at this point that it's like yeah. whatever, dude. <laughs> like. 
kind of what Rick and Morty You have the UE thing. UE being in some emergent AI. You have, like, what else? You have that whole world seed thing, which can randomly generate elaborate MMOs. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't think... I think there's enough stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense to me to have another thing that doesn't make sense to me be kind of whatever, <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Um, what else? I don't know. Is that it? Everyone done? But, look at this Alright, so All now right. I can talk about Shifigan. Yeah, now you can go for that summary. <laughs> go for it. Okay. This was episode 81 of Naruto Shippuden. Sad news. And in this episode, everybody in the Leaf Village gets the sad news that Asuma's dead. Wah, wah, wah. And then the Akatsuki talk about politics in there with voice filters for yeah. like ten minutes, and it's fucking <laughs> awful. Like, holy shit. Like, people were mad about AIDS and SAO, and I'm mad about this, because what the <laughs> Well, okay, Akatsuki talking about it implies discussion. It was he getting angry and then the leader not shutting the fuck up. Oh, yeah. And, like, it would be bad on its own, but, like, then they have their, like, shitty voice filters over it. And it's like, what do you... No. <laughs> Don't do this. Yeah, and then the weird rainbow hologram thing's going on, yeah. So, like, let's summarize what the Akatsuki said. Oh, boy. It's, no. uh... Okay, go for it. They... They want to take out the other villages so that they will have total control. Uh, they want to control the no, war economy. That's all. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, like Outer Heaven, Metal Gear jokes. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. been Metal Gear cannot give us a break. Um, <laughs> it cannot, man. Game of the year forever. Um, oh hey. yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, this uh, this episode was slow. This and episode really, was really, but yeah, really like the point. Boring. Yeah, but, like the point is, I said that in a sentence, and yeah, that took how long? Did anybody time that? That just, it was the second half of the episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. Basically, the entire second half of the episode. So it was like ten minutes, uh, give or take. Yeah, something like eight to ten. Yeah, and it just—it felt like it went on forever. Like I zoned out at one point, and then I paid attention again, and I realized they were still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. Then they get some Naruto training where Sai's just being an asshole for no reason. And oh, he's being an asshole. He's using Sakura a lesson. Yeah, that was really weird. And I didn't it. understand any of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I was just like, okay, whatever you want to do. Oh, but, and then Naruto gets through like his training by, and the solution is literally, I need to make a third clone. Yeah, the show thinks it's a lot smarter than it actually is because Naruto's like, yes. you can't look left and right at the same time, Kakashi Sensei, and then Kakashi makes a clone. He's like, oh, I'm looking you know, left and right. You think that'd be a hint, but no, it's just Kakashi being an asshole that gives Naruto a hint. <laughs> yeah, like. This show sometimes is smart. Like, the Shikamaru fights are generally pretty clever, but, hey, like, this, this is one, just... But... <laughs> huh? Except yeah. for this recent one, but, yeah. Yeah, this one, not so much, but... Um, like, this, it just seems... It, it just seems too obvious, and so it seems like a really shitty solution. 
It's kind of like a why didn't you think of this sooner kind of thing. What'd you guys think? Yeah, this was fucking boring. Man. I agree. It's sad. You don't like politics? No, Kotsky, let's go to I war. Th- I thought it was very interesting. It gave more depth to the Akatsuki, and, um... No. It's really good. I have, I have a countdown app to when Sasuke is coming back onto the show on my phone. <laughs> God. <laughs> you know, I thought the last... The show has been decent for a while, and then this was not. And I'm hoping... I'm, I know it's going to pick up soon. I hope it is. But... <laughs> Should we talk about Asuma's death? No. Because we've missed a lot of that. So I kind of I kind of thought that was sort of whatever. Was it just me? Like the people around him. I don't really care about him. Yeah, they kind of they never really built him up that well as a character. Yeah, I felt like more bad for Shinkamaru losing his mentor. And, yeah. Would you, would you have made the connection that he was uh, the third Hokage's son if they didn't like show that at the beginning? No, of the <laughs> no. It's like I that's mean, how. That's no just, wait. Well, I think they, I think they pointed it out at one point, but they mentioned it. Like, point, I was Naruto, where he's like, "Oh my God, you're related to him." Yeah. I was like, I'm with that kid. I what the fuck? Yeah, it's like uh, who's, who's the writer? Like he was poking fun at himself or something. Okay, so Konohamaru is the grandson. So, and I'm assuming Azuma doesn't have a kid because he just got Kurenai and knocked up. I actually don't know if that's revealed yet. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. No, okay. I think that's revealed actually. Um, okay, so. Wait, Azuma- Okay, so, no, you know what? Nobody cares. Okay. Like, anyway, <laughs> cares. So, Hammer is the grandson, and I'm assuming Azuma doesn't have a kid. So, is there a brother? And who? Konohamaru is actually adopted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I think Azuma probably does have a brother, but let's just assume he's dead. Um, yeah, I guess so. Every ninja's dead. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think that death was actually... Back in the day, I thought it was better. Now, I kind of think, like, they didn't... I don't think Choji, I don't think, you know, had enough chemistry with Asuma, so they kind of had to... Instead they flashbacks they kind of made second. stuff up on the spot. Yeah, yeah. this, was, this like, was some, uh... This was some, like, SAO, let's invent flashbacks instead of actually showing it when this happened here. So it was like, Choji, stop being fat. You know, <laughs> stop being a boring bitch. Asuma bought Choji food. Look how close they were, guys. <laughs> okay. Also, I want to talk about um, the censor. flashback. Literally, he saw her in her flower shop once and said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's what that was. Uh, I want to talk about the censoring in this episode, too, and I think it was actually very obvious. Oh, when, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when, Shikamaru, when Asuma dies and Shikamaru starts crying... He's like, oh, smoke, I can still feel it in my eyes. I kind of want to ask you guys, how obvious was it to you that he was supposed to be smoking Asuma's cigarette? Yeah, it's a, that's a thing in the manga. Yeah. Um, they, it's it's kind of hilarious. I know in um, the Viz edits of it. Oh, yeah. It's um, like the actual manga edits of it, like the English translation, so they didn't want to do like, maybe the underage smoking or whatever. 
So yeah. he just uses the lighter instead of the actual cigarette. Yeah, it's weird. Like they actually forgot a few panels to edit. The, it's uh, actually like I was sitting here, like thinking, "What the fuck is he doing with the lighter?" <laughs> and like, I don't think I would have made the connection until Scion told me. But I just it was really awkward. Either way. Also, the censoring in the episode a couple of times before that, when Hedon gets his head cut off. Oh boy. Oh yeah. It, yeah, it was. This show's not great about censoring, and I feel like I don't know. The direction in the show just isn't that great because it kind of. At times, it is. Sometimes you have these random episodes that look amazing, but. Like, for these past few episodes, it's just looked really bland, really dull, and so... The animation has been good, but the directing has been shit, yeah. basically. Yeah, and so, so many birds in this episode. <laughs> it's like watching a John Woo movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching Mission Impossible 2. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, it's... I don't know, just something about his death didn't resonate with me at all. I think it's because he wasn't built up very well. I think it's because the direction is kind of bad. I think it's because, like, it just... I I don't think it was written terribly well, just because, like, he's the time to talk to everybody before he passes on, and I don't know, it just seemed really silly. Like, it was trying really hard, and that might have been part of the lighter thing that really harmed that, too. But it just didn't work at all for me. The lighter thing kind of pissed me off, because I'll be honest, that trope of the protege adopting traits from the mentor is always kind of something I personally enjoy, because I love lapping up shit. So seeing that kind of thrown to the side made me very sad. Does Shikamaru become a smoker now? No. Uh, it goes away after this arc. Yeah. Oh. That would have been cool. Well, you smoking is awesome, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so you guys want to go into One Piece or anyone else have any opinions about stupid in they want to share? There was a really awesome awkward Osmo was a great guy. Osmo was what? Osmo was a great guy. <laughs> favorite character. Yeah, that was a really awkward gay joke with Kakashi, and I was like, this is weird. Was, oh, was yeah. Was, was that supposed to be a gay joke? It yeah. Was, it, it was a little bit easier to uh, tell. I remember it was, I think the translation before was, I love, I'm starting to love you or something like that. I'm starting to really like you, kiddo. Yeah, it, yeah, it was... Mm. Like, it was, one, it was really awkwardly translated, which I think is the main issue. And two, it also seemed kind of offensive. Yeah, it's also, it's also a fucking gay joke, so... It's, also, it's like one of the gay panic jokes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, that was really awkward. I know, I'm like, come on, Kishimoto. I mean, uh, to be fair, Japan... Yeah, I know Japan's kind of uh, weird about it, especially uh, judging by the fucking coming to kill character, and that's in, what, 2015? Yeah. Well, Japan's a... Uh, Gay stereotype is kind of different than ours in that their stereotype is very muscular, strong men. Yeah, I mean, didn't that used to be the stereotype here a little bit? Yeah, wasn't that? I mean, that's one of the stereotypes. Is like, I don't know. I don't want to go into in that discussion. Let's talk about other stereotypes. Yes. Um. So one piece. 
on this episode of One Piece, we we, we talked about ships and water and, and, and sea stones. And you know, <laughs> it's like they saved all the boring exposition for this episode and got all the interesting shit out of the way last week. Yeah, so here they're just kind of explaining how the Marines get through the Grand Line while everyone else has to fuck off through the Red Line and take Reverse Mountain. It's so, actually kind of a clever solution. It yeah. is, actually. I don't mind it. It's just not particularly interesting, especially for the whole episode. We yeah. cut half of the episode. Yeah, we get a uh, we get the post-arc uh, party. Which is always fun. And yeah. then Al Kiji shows up. Uh, he talks to Robin in a pretty good scene, actually. And um, then the episode ends. I'm actually not a huge fan of the end of arc parties. You really? I they just they feel kind of redundant to me. Like, yeah, I guess so. Every time I'm like, I look forward to the world building that always happens when the arc ends, but the actual after arc party I'm never a huge fan of either. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, hey, we're gonna have a party. Somebody's gonna eat a lot. They're gonna drink and they're gonna sing probably and. I the know, only one just, I really enjoy hasn't happened yet. I mean, they're not even really com- that comedic. Yeah. But so, we, I don't know. I've never been a fan of them. But, yeah. But um, then again, like Luffy did say, just cook the meat, don't tell us how to eat it. And that was pretty <laughs> funny. So. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this episode. I mean, well, I'm, I don't mean, it was okay. You You did get some interesting... Things like I, I did think the navy ship thing was interesting. How they're like getting through the calm belt by like throwing the sea stones on the bottom of their ship. I just didn't think it needed to be an entire half of an episode. Strapping the sea stones to the bottom of the ship with rope. Yeah, I mean it's a hell of a lot more compelling than Naruto Shippuden, but it's it is. Still but still, like you can still, I feel like you could plow through this in like. A fourth of the time. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, well. Should we talk um, about how Kobe and Helmeppo are the thing? And also, <laughs> Luffy has a family. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luffy's dad is Monkey D. Dragon, who is a revolutionary who's taken on the world government. His grandfather is Garp, who is... Uh, Monkey Garp? Monkey who D. Garp. is a uh, vice admiral in the navy. Yeah, and his brother, I guess, is uh, works under Whitebeard as yeah. one of his fleet commanders. Movie's got a hell of a family. Yeah, it, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's really cool to see Kobe and Helmeppo again. I they've aged. Yeah, I that's kind of weird. They should have aged. Yeah, yeah, like. It's weird thinking about it, but from the beginning of the story to um, this point in time, it's only been a few months. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of simple. Just compare Zoro and Luffy's character aging since that part to like theirs. And I mean, theoretically, I think Helmeppo just looks the same but different. But like Kobe has Kobe has clearly got Kobe has pr- clearly aged yeah. several years. Yeah. Yes. In a few months, and it's Kobe's kind of got, like, thrown into like a time portal or some shit. Yeah, by like the end of the series, he's gonna confront Luffy and be like this old man, and Luffy's <laughs> just gonna be like, "I'm a rubber man," and then he's gonna punch him in the face, and it's gonna be over. Garp's training must have done some wacky ass shit to Kobe's body. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
like part of the training is just like elongating his body. <laughs> You're gonna be like Luffy, just, like make him drawn and quartered. And, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, they've always got they both, they both got their voice actors replaced. Kobe kind of makes sense because he looks old yeah. now. Uh, yeah, Hell Methos was a uh, Troy Baker, and, he, and Troy uh, Baker is too good. He's got, he's got better for the anime do. now. <laughs> I don't so, blame him. Now he's voiced I, by. I Mike. don't either. Who also voices uh, Buggy and Jean from Attack on Titan? You can kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly don't blame Troy Baker, but it's weird. Yeah. It's weird getting like Buggy flashbacks so close to Spandam because. Then you just hear like two different people doing Mark Hamill Joker. Yeah. And it's really bizarre. <laughs> um, but yeah, um the Aokiji scene was good. Um I enjoy the world building in the past few episodes, but this yeah, one in particular the the last episode felt like it had too many flashbacks, and this episode just felt kind of slow and I don't really like the celebrations that much. You know, at least this world building didn't kind of feel useless, like when we first got to Water 7 and they explained everything about how the waterfalls work. Yeah. Right up them, and that never really comes back into play. Yeah, just like, but the pacing was better then than it yeah, is now. That's, that's true. <laughs> it was like almost two years ago. Jesus. So, this work is long. It is. We're long. almost done. We're so close. Alright, you guys want to talk it? Well, you guys want to what did you guys think of the whole block? What did we get for Goody? It was oh. a... Uh, oh, boy. It was a better cartoon show. Yeah, better cartoon show in promo. Oh, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was it was a better cartoon show promo. Yeah, it was a better cartoon show promo. They're usually pretty solid. I like it. Uh, I don't know. We had, a, we had a Shovel Knight review, like, last week. Oh, I oh, didn't did see that one, actually. Yeah, I you guys... It. Yeah, I was, it was, uh, like, an 8 or something. I forgot. It was... Shovel Knight is better than 8. I don't remember. I could be completely wrong. It might have been a 9. I honestly don't know. They like the game. Better be a 9. They like the number 8 a lot, too, though. Shovel Knight's great. Um, Yeah, that was... Yeah, I was watching the Michiko... I always, like, just fast forward to the Michiko and Hodgson... Or always the marathons, just to see, like, what happened. There was a really long music video. I forgot who it was by. Uh, What would you guys rank the shows this week? Uh... Mm. Michiko Hachi is the best one. one. Naruto's the worst show. Yeah. Naruto's the worst one. What would I would I'm gonna give it to I'm giving it to Kamega Kill because I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to probably Michiko or Kai. I think I might go with Michiko and then Kai. I'm second. gonna go with Michiko too. And then Kai, then a Kamega Kill, then One Piece. Surprisingly, um, yes. Sao two. And I think there is a pretty decent gap between One Piece and Sao two, though. Yeah. But then there is also a pretty decent gap between Sao two and Shippuden, because yeah. holy shit, this was one of the worst episodes of Shippuden. Okay, okay I don't see. think it's, uh, it's not quite the book, but yeah. Uh, Good okay. God. So for me, it would be Kai Michigo. Kame, One Piece, SAO, then Shippuden. What would you say, Claire? Um, same as Scion, but I didn't watch One Piece. Okay. That's fair. Alright, you guys want to talk Kame about music? What? I want to talk about music. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, music. about music. 
Let's go move on to our beloved segment about yes. the Adult Swim Singles program. Yes, which we close out the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So our first single this week was Bodyline by Peaches. Peaches is a singer from Canada. She's been around for a while, actually, about 1995, I believe. And a common theme in her music is kind of breaking down of gender norms. Like, in kind of a really in-your-face way. Yes, um, I... Like, I... It happens here. Yeah, but, like, some of the songs I've heard by her are like, Dude! Yeah. This is... This kind of is whoa and like I was I was introduced to Peaches because I was driving with a friend to Starbucks and she had this on the radio and not on the radio obviously but um, she had it on she had it playing in her car and I just I stopped to listen to the lyrics for me and I was just like ooh what's going on here yeah it's uh, also in this song is uh Nick Zinner, who was the guitarist of Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and it shows because this guitar line is fucking awesome. I think the guitar line is probably the best part of the song. I, I really like that, but then the song kind of goes off into experimental land for a little while, and I didn't enjoy that very much. And then it comes I, back to the guitar I line. I thought it was brief enough that it didn't bug me. Yeah, the song is already kind of brief. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, kind I, of punky a little bit. Yeah, it's got like this punk vibe. It's again, this guitar line's beast, but um, the entire thing, the song. I don't know if you guys listen to the lyrics. I picked up on it after a few listens, but it's totally about um, learning that you aren't straight, <laughs> and it's it's interesting. I was just like, oh, okay, that's why it's called Body Line. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I thought the song was good. It's, yeah. Probably one of my favorites of the ones that we've talked about so far. Drink tickets. Still the best. Oh, yeah, you like drink tickets. I like that one a lot. I don't know why. What did you think of this song, Scion? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, the guitar line was really good. Not really a fan of the experimental part, but it was fine. One of the better singles so far. Um, I didn't like this song as much on the first listen a long time ago, but I think it grew on me a little bit. I think I liked um, it more on the first listen, honestly. Really? Yeah. I Yeah, I've it's actually kind of fallen out for a little bit for me, but I, especially because some of the later ones that we're going to discuss on future episodes I think are really good. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, well, uh, alright, so our next one is by the American sludge metal band Thou from Louisiana. Uh, yeah, they've been around since about 2005, never really been big. I can kind of understand why. why. This song title is called, uh, I Hate Thou, uh, all one word, and the I is spelled E-Y-E, and I think that's just a perfect title for just some throwaway single for Adult Swim. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a sludge metal song. Yeah, it's. I don't think I like sludge metal guys. <laughs> like, no, that's fine. It's like it, it's not for. It's got like this sludge metal. Just to explain, it's this really slow kind of grimy sound, and it's like it's very very heavy, but also very slow paced. 
Yeah, I got I got kind of bored. Yeah, this was definitely a throwaway single. Uh, it sounded like a thousand other metal songs I've heard in the past. It, yeah, it's like it, I, I I don't I don't think I would say it is exactly bad. Like it, nothing about it pissed me off, but it's just it's it's weird to say sludge metal is generic, but this was generic. Yeah, I'm also just generally not a fan of like guys who sing like. <laughs> you know, okay, we we had a Death Heaven single last year that I thought was excellent, and that was kind of like similar vocal styles, but they're also just a way more interesting band. Um, so yeah, maybe like, listen to better stuff. Yeah, on my part. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, because, yeah, Death Heaven, I don't want to go too into them. They are uh, very different than what you would imagine from just a black metal band. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's it wasn't that great, honestly. It's I, This is probably the most negative I've been on any of the singles. It's just, it wasn't my thing. And they usually have some pretty good metal singles. Like, it's not, like, I'm a metal person. Like, I like metal. It's just, yeah, not here. Not feeling it. All right. What do you think, Sion? Same thing. Yeah, just very generic metal song. I I didn't dig it. And our last, I I don't feel weird for saying this is the worst one. Yeah, it probably is. So, the last one was by Denny Brown and Clams Casino. Danny Brown is a rapper from Detroit. Uh, does sounds like he just wants to motherfucking party all the time. I've it's used some of, of his uh, songs on this podcast before. Yeah, he's, uh, I would, I really fucking doubt that I mean, this was because of me, but um, I remember last year when Jason DeMarco asked for suggestions on who should do adult swim singles, I totally threw out Danny Brown, and I mean, he was, he's expressed he's a fan of him before, so I really doubt he looked at that p- tweet and was like, oh yeah, Danny Brown, but I was... You can I was, dream, right? I can dream. It's my dream, but anyway, so yeah, he's got about three albums under his belt, been around since like 2010, I believe. And, yeah, he's uh, he does a lot of party stuff, also kind of can switch it up and go more serious. He's got just a ton of fucking rapping voices. Um, Clams Casino is someone that traditionally does uh, a lot of... He produces a lot of hip-hop beats. He's worked with ASAP Rocky, Little B, uh, Mac Miller, FKA Twigs, ASAP Ferg, and Foster the People, for whatever reason, and the weekend, but yeah, he. Uh, so this isn't really new to him, and he's also got kind of a few like instrumental stuff under his belt. Um, yeah, it's a interesting combination of these two. Uh, this actually might be my favorite single so far. Yeah, I, of, of these nine, yeah, I would say that too. It's a. Uh, it, it grew on me a little bit. It grew and, on me a little too. Yeah, I think at first I was kind of disappointed because I think Danny Brown works better when he has like a faster flow going for him, more aggressive, and that's not what's going on here. It's a little different than some of his other stuff. Um, but I think the more I listened to it, the more I I got into it, and I I think it's most definitely like my favorite single now. Yeah, it's uh, I feel like his beat is really good, and I feel like Danny Brown's able to kind of make the most of it. it I didn't like the hook that much. And it kind of felt like that was most of the second half. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this one was quite good. And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, say probably my favorite of the current nine. What would you say? Where would you rank this one, Steven? 
Where would you rank the current singles? Uh, oh, dude, it's been a really long time since I've listened to most of these. Do, do we remember our rankings from last time? I think I remember... I don't know. No, I don't. It's been a really long time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually say, uh, I'm probably gonna give the my first place to Danny Brown, followed by Peaches, and then I think probably Swerve Driver. Uh, I can't remember a lot of them either, but Danny Brown is definitely my first choice. Next time we do this, I'll have a list of all of them I like and rank them. So, um, Daniel Brown for me right now, though. Yeah. And, yeah, next week we get the Attack of the S's, where we have uh, Shabazz Palace's, or Sia, a remix of Sia, and then a single from Skrillex, which should be fun. But, yeah. I've Again. never listened to Skrillex. Well, this will be a, it's the first time for everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, good is as good of an entry point as any. Yeah, and, you know, we get Slayer for the next wave after that. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, check them out. Uh, they're, again, free over on AdultSwim.com. Just Adult Swim Singles 2015. You can find them on Google pretty easy. Uh, yeah, good, some good shit coming out of there. All right. So. You can find us on Twitter. We're closing down the show now. So, you can find us on Twitter at, at Show Rundown. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Pollard 4. And you can find Steven at Twitter at Couch Potato Saga. Well, I mean, I'm also at Dr. Decimate. And our little movie review project thing is Couch Potato Saga. It's the YouTube channel. I don't know. That's also the Twitter thing. We'll probably do some other stuff with, like Facebook and whatever, but yeah. Uh, I'm Sion. You can find me on Twitter at Sion Santeria. You can also find me at Anime Week in Atlanta from the 23rd to the 27th uh, this month, September, uh, where, uh, where Alien Works Studio will be announcing a brand new project, secret project, uh, at the Sekai Project panel. Uh, I'll be around. Maybe you can find me if you know where to look. It's called uh, Dragon Ball GT. Oh yeah, that, that's right. It's the Grand Tour, Grand Tour, Grand Tour. So yeah, the real there. greatest rap song of all time. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck off. Actually, it's not a bad song. Actually, no, no it's a bad stop. Song. What? <laughs> what? No. You, you need to shut up before you say like, something you can't take back. No more. Fireman thirteen. <laughs> can't believe I said that. Anyway, uh, I'll be there on business. So if any of you are there, hi. Um, I won't be. He won't be. Uh, where can they find you? I'll be there in spirit. I'll be there. We're gonna hijack your panel and do a Tommy Show rundown Q and A. So, uh, where can they find you, Joey? I am on Twitter at SlowyJoey46. You should uh, look at my tweets if you're interested in hearing my voice because I'll be doing my own little podcast thing on my new site in the next coming month. 
also and I promise I won't talk like this all the time. You also write for Toonami United still, right? I do write for Toonami United still. I, uh, okay. I'll have a video game review up tomorrow. Joey, or, why are you still biased against SAO? I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, even know what, I don't even know what the word biased means, man. Claire's the worst. Yikes. What about you, Claire? You can find me at ClearCat. I never tweet about Toonami, but, I mean... I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly complained about video games, so, you know, like, I, I mostly, whatever. Yeah, same. I mostly complain about anime and writing. <laughs> Alright, so, good good episode this week, uh, yeah, I guess. Pat on see the you, back see you, see, you next, so, see you next week. Uh, like, like, comment, comment subscribe. subscribe. All the good shit. You don't have to comment. Sh- share us with your friends. Yeah. Play us when you're uh, riding down the highway in your car. Play us when you're sleeping at night and right. whisper in your ear like this. Play the outro, Christopher Walken. And then we can be really creepy. We'll catch you guys later.